Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, I need you, Lord. You know, never has there been a time in our lives where we need to come to that recognition that we need the Lord. All you have to do is look around you and see how society is starting to fold and crumble under the pressure of pandemic financial situations. And I'm telling you, many people are as cliche-ish, but let me tell you, you need the Lord or you will know there will come a time you need the Lord. So we thank God and let me be the first to say to you, I am glad you're here. Welcome to another TRC broadcast. I am your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod. And this morning, I want to talk to you about something that you need just like you need the Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, understanding the process of faith. Understanding the process of faith. Many people hear it. They hear that uh, faith is necessary. They hear that. And, and some people misunderstand what faith actually means. Faith is not reduced to a denomination. Mathematically speaking, a denomination is a fraction of the whole. So when people say I'm Baptist, Baptist, I'm Methodist, I'm Presbyterian, that is a denomination. The Bible says there's one God, one faith, and one baptism. Amen. So let's just start by first digging into the fact of what is faith? What is a biblical description of faith? We will get to this in a few minutes because we know one of the uh, greatest uh, descriptions of faith is found in Hebrews 11. But we will start by understanding something about the characteristics of faith. Number one, you have to understand Faith is a law. Faith is a law and faith works with the same precision as natural laws, such as gravity, inertia, the law of relativity. All of these things, they work with precision, but faith works with the same kind of precision. The only reason why we don't put as much stock into it is because faith generally deals initially with the unseen. So because people are moved by what they see, they put more stock in the natural laws. It works uh, continuously, just like gravity works continu continuously. So does faith. Faith does not cease to operate in the realm, whether you partake of it or not. You know, you can be in a realm where gravity is operating and you don't have the benefits or the consequences of gravity. Sometimes people live today without the benefits or the consequences of faith. Now, let me go on and say uh, that natural law is governed by spiritual law. Did you get that? Natural law is governed by spiritual law. There are many things that you can't see right now. And the result of what you do see is because of things that are behind the scene. There is a whole world that is behind the scene. There is a whole world around you right now. There are spiritual beings around you right now. I don't want to freak you out. I don't want anybody to get uneasy, but it operates whether you agree, whether you like it, whether you understand it or not. There is a spiritual law. There is natural law. You know, I know the Bible says in uh, 
the Lord said to Nicodemus in the third chapter of John, he said, that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So he was, he was indicating that there was two different realms that we, we, we uh, are a part of. Now, you, uh, faith is a higher law. Now, you, you really need to get that. Faith is a higher law. And sometimes people don't, they, they don't, they don't get that. The Bible says in Romans chapter eight, uh, verse one, it says, there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And then Paul goes on to say the spirit of the law, uh, in Christ, uh, this, the spirit, uh, uh, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Did you see that? The, it is that spiritual law that supersede natural law. And Paul said, the law of the spirit in Christ Jesus has made me free. It has superseded. It has delivered me from a lower law. Now, this works in all areas of your life. You could be living in poverty. But that spiritual law will deliver you from that if you receive it, if you walk in it. You know, I'm reminded of what Paul, I mean, what Jesus said in Luke, the fourth chapter, when he was in the temple and the Bible says, and he found the place where it was written. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What he's saying is I can preach the answer to your poverty. And if you believe it, it will supersede poverty. And he went on to say that it will open blind eyes. You can be to a place where certain things in life you can't see because you are looking at, at it through uh, natural perception. Are you listening? And when the Bible says that uh, it will open the eyes of the blind, God will begin to show you some things behind the scene <clears throat> that will cause you to see deeper. Remember the servant when he said, Lord, he said, uh, they that he, the uh, prophet told the servant, they that are with us are more than they that are with them. You know what I'm saying? And he said, uh, Lord, I don't understand. I'm looking around and I don't see anybody but you and I, and I see tons of enemies. And then he said, Lord, open his eyes. And when he, his eyes were open, he looked around on the hills and he saw all these chariots of fire all around. He saw, he saw the help in the spirit. And so many times until our eyes are open, certain things we don't see. Are you listening? So now let me continue to move on with this. He said that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, you must apply spiritual law to supersede natural law. You get that? You must apply spiritual law in order to supersede natural law. Now, um, we were we were born in essence to lose now listen to me out before you run off everything in your natural birth all of the laws were stacked against you remember 
because you were living under the law of sin and death. You was living in a law of uh, of uh, a degrading lifestyle because the older you got, some of you know this, if I bring it to the natural, your bodies don't feel like they used to feel. You, you don't look like you used to look. Sometimes you see pictures of people that were in the past and they look vibrant. They had one chin. <laughs> but now as gravity takes a, takes a hold, everything begins to degrade. Now you can slow this process down if you live through the law of the spirit of life because the Bible says that he will renew your youth like the eagles. But now, up until that time, you things degrade. Are you listening? Sometimes now you grab glasses and you say, you know, there's not enough light in this room. It's the same amount of light that it used to be. But what happened is, is now you want those glasses. You need those glasses to magnify what you are trying to read. Why? Because of the law of sin and death. Now. We were reborn, renewed, recreated by God, restored by God, redeemed by God in order to live by faith. This is the ongoing message that the Bible tells us from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Haggai 2, 4, uh, Galatians 3, 10, Romans 1, 17, and Hebrews 10, 38. They all say the just shall live by faith. Who are the just? It's you and I. If you are born again, you've been justified by the blood of Jesus. You've been justified by receiving his sacrifice. So now God is saying, I want you to live by a higher law that will supersede the law of sin and death. So we are admonished to live by faith. Mixing faith and the natural laws because you don't strictly live by faith, <clears throat> it produces a hybrid. What, I, what do I mean by that? You can take a horse. You can take a donkey. If you crossbreed those, you will give birth to a mule. Now, what is that? They look similar. However, a mule is sterile. And if you try to live uh, by spiritual law while you're still cardinal, it will produce a hybrid. It's non-producing. It's sterile. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, for unto us, I believe it's verse 1 or 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached unto them did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So what is he saying? He is saying that you're going to live by faith and you're going to live in the natural, which when you try to mix them, you produce a hybrid. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, and it also says in Exodus, it says that when you sow your field with diverse, different, or various seeds, the Bible says the fruit of your whole vineyard will be defiled. Are you listening? So what it's telling you is you got to make a decision, guys. You got to make a decision here and now whether you're going to live by faith 
or whether you're going to live by natural law. Some people, they are workaholics in the natural, but they don't live by faith at all. And the only thing will happen is you will live by what you are able to produce by the sweat of your brow. God has ordained a victorious life for you, a life that is filled to the brim with his potential, with his mandate, with his plan that will, according to, and, and I like to quote this, Acts 20 and 32, I commend you unto the word, the word, the word, the word of his grace that is able to build you up and give you your inheritance. So it is living by faith that gives you your inheritance. You might wait in the natural for someone to give you an inheritance. That's a natural inheritance. And they will bequeath something to you if they deem you responsible or favorable. But what God is saying is when you live by faith, I've already ordained certain things to come into your life. Listen, when faith is applied to your life, it has the power to affect any and everything because everything was created by faith and the word. Everything will still respond to faith and the word. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, the Bible says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things we see do not come from the things which do appear. Did you get that? He said the things that you see now don't does not come from the things which do appear. Because the world was framed by the word of God. St. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same that was in the beginning with God. Listen. And the Bible says in verse 3, And all things were made by him. Who? The word. And without the word was not anything made that was made. And then verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh. Talking about Jesus. The Bible says in Revelations, I saw him and I saw a name written on him that said the word of God. Jesus is the word. Now, if everything was made by the word, everything will respond to the word. I always use this analogy and I'll try to use it quickly. Those of you that are familiar with paint, you have what is called latex paint. You have what is called enamel paint. Enamel paint is oil-based and latex paint is water-based, which simply means if you got latex paint, you can alter it and you can clean it. You can clean the brushes with water because that is the base of this paint. You cannot clean enamel base, which is all base, with water. You will have a mess. And that's what people do when you try to switch from the spirit and the natural. Spirit, the natural. Spirit, the natural. You end up with a mess. So all has to be cleaned and altered and thinned with something that will respond to all. If the word made everything, it's going to take the word to alter it. You might as well get that in your spirit right now because you can try as you may. 
but you're not going to get many results if you don't look at your situation and say, I don't like this, I don't like that, and I'm going to change this with the word, with the word. Are you getting what I'm saying? So uh, it is faith that activates, energizes, and stimulates the word. When you apply faith to the word, something starts to happen. Did you get it? I don't care how tough that guy is in your life, your husband I'm referring to. I don't care how displeasing he is right now to you, but if you are not willing to pray, you are not going to see any results because it's going to take faith to change him. Remember, you were not always that lovely and it took faith to change you. You're going to have to apply faith to that. And when you apply faith to the word, it stimulates it. It energizes it the same way that uh, when a seed is fertilized, it will begin to grow. See, the Bible says in John 1.14, and I just said this, the word was in the beginning, verse 1. However, the word changed its competition, I mean, composition, and it went from the spirit to the natural. The word was made flesh, and then it dwelt among us. We're talking about uh, we're talking about understanding uh, faith, understanding the process of faith. The word was made flesh. So simply what it means is faith will take what is intangible and make it tangible. See, whether you notice or not, there are many people who are praying for God to give them something that they already have. What it is is, you know, in the, in the natural, there's a law that says possession is nine-tenths of the law. Well, you have the promise, but most Christians don't have possession. And the reason why they don't have possession, because it's still where it was when God left it. It's in the spirit realm. And you have not taken possession of it because you have not energized the promise by the word of God so that it would manifest in the natural from the spirit. I prove that to you from the scriptures. The Bible says in first uh, Peter, I mean, second Peter, excuse me, uh, chapter one, according as listen very carefully to this, according as his divine power, he hath. That's past tense, given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby give, are given us these exceedingly great and precious promises that by these we become partakers, we become partakers, flesh and blood, we become partakers of his divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Now, what he's saying is, is that, yes, you are flesh. You are flesh and blood. But when you add faith, let's just use it this way. And I hope this makes some sense to you. 
let's just say, for instance, God had a warehouse in the spirit realm. And he placed everything you will ever need according to your life and according to how you are supposed to live. And it was in this warehouse. So he's already given it to you. You are already entitled to it. But it's not in your hands. Now, the Bible says, whereby these exceedingly great and precious promises, we are partakers of his divine nature. So God is saying to you, whatever it is that you need, go into the word of God, get the seed for it, apply faith. Faith will energize whatever it is that I promise you, whatever you find in this warehouse, you are entitled to it. When you apply faith to it, faith will cause it to convert. It's like currency. It's like when you go to another country, you know, and they don't accept American currency, you have to go somewhere and have the money converted so you can use it in the country that you now live. The Bible says you are citizens of heaven, but because you also uh, have a dual citizenship and you're a citizen of the earth, what happens is you need your stuff. Remember, lay up in heaven where moth and, uh, 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 and rust do not corrupt or thieves cannot break in and steal. Lay up for yourselves. So now it's there. But now when you need it, if you are struggling financially, you need to go to the word of God and find out the seeds that God said that will tap into what he's already given you not what you got. See, this is the deceptive part. Because it's if you got if you have money in the bank and you have an ATM card, that money is not physically in your hand, but you have access to it. Do you get that? So you don't struggle, you don't worry, as long as. What you have in the bank is substantial enough to cover your need. So when you have a need, you make a demand on your account. That's what faith does. It makes a demand on your account. Now, see, oh man, let me see if I can. The Bible says, listen, therefore, being justified by faith. Remember, that's the card. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom, <laughs> here it is, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Oh, man. And we rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. We have access into this grace. You have access into your account, your heavenly account. But see, when you choose not to live by faith, your card is expired. You got it. It looks just like the last one. You used to use it. 
you can no longer use it because it needs to be updated. How is it updated? Faith cometh by hearing. Faith does not come by having heard. So many people have a need, a problem, a situation. They will not go to the word of God and update their card. They will try to use an old card that they had once before, and it will no longer connect. I'm hoping I'm using enough illustrations so you can understand this process. And God knows you cannot use this card unless he has authenticated it. And that is through faith that gives you access to the things that he hath given. Oh, man, you should be shouting right now. Tell someone, take a praise break. Because I finally got it. I finally understand it. There are so many scriptures that validate what I'm saying to you. I'm just using, like Jesus did, parables, natural things to bring about a spiritual truth. And once you get this, then you can engage in the process and begin to see not only your prayers work, but your faith work. Remember, faith worketh. Oh, man, this is I'm telling you, this is this is good. Through his design that we live by faith, God has predestined those provisions for us. And we have access to them by faith. Tell someone, get a new card. <laughs> it's been months since some of us read our Bibles. And we thought faith came because we remembered it. But that's not how it works. You remember how eggs taste. You remember how hamburgers taste. But I guarantee you, you don't live on the memory. Because every time you start feeling a void, you refresh it. You go back, you replenish it because it's not the nutrients that you ate before. It's the nutrients that you eat now that's going to benefit your body. Faith that's old benefited the old. Faith that's old will not do anything for what you have that is new. You got a new problem that you didn't have. You got a new situation that you didn't have. You have a new challenge that you didn't have. And if you won't take the time to put your authenticated card into the slot and make a demand on what God has already given you, you might not deserve it. <laughs> Who are you to say what I deserve? Well, I'm just quoting what God said. He said, because when you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit to get anything that I have given you. God wants you to stay connected. You go into some of your accounts and they say, do you want to remain connected? You either say yes or no. You have to remain connected. And it is faith that keeps you connected. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> let me move on. Now. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's continue to break this process down. For those of you that just got here, we're talking about understanding the process of faith. And we're saying that if you must live by faith, you must understand the process 
of living by faith. There's so much more than what I'm able to share today, but we are going to break the groundwork. We're going to break up the fallow ground. We're going to lay a foundation so you can begin to start at this level that you're on and begin to use faith. If you don't open your Bible, faith is not going to come. If you don't hear the word, faith is not going to come. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Listen, faith is evidence. Your card is evidence that you have access. But now faith is evidence of things hoped for. Let's break this down right now. There are two uh, um, things working here at the same time. One is faith and hope. They are on two different sides of the coin. Many people are praying that are filled with hope and have no faith. That's not a slight against you. That's an observation. Why? Because hope will deceive you and make you think that you're about to get something that you're not about to get. Why? Because hope is always for the future. When somebody tells you not to get your hopes up, listen, don't listen to that. You need to get your hopes up. However, your hopes will stay hope until you add faith. Why? What is the first word of Hebrews 11.1? 1? Now, what happens is faith will reach into the future and grab something that you are believing for in that storehouse and bring it back and make it now. See, it's there until you need it. And faith will add substance, tangibility to something that you can only hope for that is for tomorrow. But faith says, I need my rent paid now. I need my bills paid now. I need healing in my body now. So you go to the word of God, you get access to healing, to, to, to finances, to peace, to love, to contentment, to whatever you need. And then you add faith to it. Faith reaches out like that card when it goes in that machine and opens up access to something God has already given you. The problem is people are trying to get what God has already given them, not realizing they already have it. They just have not taken possession. Faith will go in and grab it and bring it back now and now you have it well how long does that take how much faith has you got are you reading one scripture a month are you filling yourself up on the word of god are you matthew 4 and 4 a man shall not live by bread alone but by Every word, not just the Ten Commandments, 
every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Why? Because every word that God said is relevant to something you need. You might not need it now, but you will need it. And the word of God is like a book of seeds that you go in and you choose what it is you need and you put faith in it. Man, listen to this. Here is the key. Faith generally is activated once you believe. Thing is, a lot of people are praying for something they haven't believed yet. See, just because you know it, it doesn't mean you believe it. Faith, people, people uh, 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 don't realize it takes belief. The Bible says for a man to come to God, he first must believe that he is. And he is a reward of those that diligently seek him. You first have to believe. Believing and faith is not the same thing. Believing kicks off. Or how many of you remember getting that, that Jerry Carroll back in the day? Some of you do. Some of you still got one. Okay. Now, we not mad with you. Don't get mad at yourself. But you know that until you put that activator in there, you just had an afro. You look natural. But once you put that activator in there, those curls begin to fall. You know, that little curl used to, it, it, they begin to fall. But it took the activator. But the curls was already there, but they were not activated until they were moisturized. Believing activates faith. Faith activates the word. This is the process. You first must believe. We are praying for stuff that we don't believe. And see, <laughs> you have you must hear repetitiously. Over and over and over. That's why the Bible says in Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, not just what anybody is saying, but by the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is in that storehouse. Those opinions you have and the opinions of your friends and the opinions of your family is not in that storehouse. So you can start believing something counterproductive to your faith or whatever is in that storehouse and it will produce a hybrid and you can't get it even though you're entitled to it. Man, listen, listen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. You, you first have to believe it. And faith takes over. Faith says, like in a, in a, in a marathon or a relay race, when belief runs with that baton and gets to faith, faith said, I got it now. I got it from here. But if belief never brings that, that, that baton to faith, faith is still sitting there waiting, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. And never getting to leave its base. Why? Because it has never been coupled with belief. Believing is only acknowledging. That's the first step. Faith will take it and go further. 
I'll say this quickly. You can believe that if you eat food, you won't die. But if you never eat food, you will die of starvation, even if you're in the middle of aisle seven in the grocery store. Faith does not just believe. Faith is the next level. Faith opens up one of those cans and eat. Faith without works is dead. People without food is dead. <laughs> Are you listening? So let me hurry up because I know I have to bring this thing in. But uh, listen, guys. We pray what we haven't heard enough to believe. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Hope has never become now. What do I mean by that? Remember the Bible says in Mark 11 and verse 24, listen, whatsoever things we desire when we pray, not after you pray, I show hope. Now, listen, hope alone is not enough. Whatsoever things we desire when we pray, what does this mean? If you can't believe when you pray, you still need to be working on hearing. If you can't believe when you start praying for something, if you can't believe it while you're praying, you're only hoping you're going to get nothing. You're going to get nothing at all. So you need to go back to the drawing board and work on hearing. I need, I need my bills paid. Go back and read the scripture. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by his son, Christ Jesus, Philippians 4. Then go uh, go and read where the Bible says that God have know the things you have need of before you ever ask. Go back and read it in Matthew where the Bible says that uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and God's way of doing things. And all those things you need shall be added unto you. You got to keep hearing this stuff until you are persuaded. You got to hear it. Paul said, I know in whom I believe, and I'm fully persuaded that he's able to keep that that I commit. So you have to hear until you believe or until you are persuaded. If you don't do that, praying for something is a hit and miss. You ought to know that by now. How long you been praying for the same thing and you haven't seen anything? And it's easier for you to blame God. I'm just waiting on the Lord. The Lord said, no, I'm just waiting on you to believe it. You don't really believe that. Why? Because if you believe that, you could tell it by your actions. Why? Because Hebrews 11 1 says faith is the substance of things hoped for. But listen to this. It's evidence. If you are not active, remember James said faith without corresponding actions. If your actions don't show that you believe it, guess what? You don't believe it, you still hope it. You're still hoping. Some of you believe that you're going to be wealthy and you won't give uh you won't give uh, uh, uh enough money to a cripple crab to buy a crutch. But you believe you're going to operate in the laws of prosperity. No, you're not. Some of you want wisdom, but you never see what God says about wisdom, and you confuse wisdom with money. I just need some wisdom. No, you don't. You need money. If you had money, you wouldn't ask for wisdom. Are you listening? This is the point that I'm trying to say. If you never, ever hear until you are persuaded, 
Faith has nothing to give substance to. Through faith, we understand in Hebrews 11, 3, the words were framed. What's in the frame? A picture. You got a picture of hope, but that picture never materializes because there is no substance to it. Faith will add substance and bring it from the future into the now. Oh, man, I got to get ready to bring this thing to a close. The Bible says this. You need to be working on hearing. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, how can they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how can they believe on him in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? You see this? You want to call on somebody in whom you've not even believed. You haven't believed yet. Why? Because you haven't heard yet. Hearing one time is not enough to solve your problem. Hearing is not enough to fix your situation. You either going to become a student of the word or you are going to be retained. Some of y'all started remote learning long before the pandemic. <laughs> you would you would you would serve the Lord from afar. <laughs> oh man, that'll preach right there too. <laughs> Ask somebody, <laughs> are you in remote learning? <laughs> oh man, praise God. Well, listen, I know I'm gonna have to bring this thing close to a close. So without being persuaded, you will waver and you will stagger at the promises of God without being persuaded. Uh, let me go to Romans chapter four. You will waver. But before we go there, I know this is a thing. If you are not ready, the Bible says in James chapter one and verse five, it says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who give it to all men liberally and upright and not, and it shall be given. And verse six and say, uh, says, but let him ask in faith and nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the waves of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he received anything of the Lord, for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. When you don't ask in faith, you waver. You're tossed from the flesh, fleshly ideas, fleshly mentality, and then you, you want to walk in faith for a few minutes. You're wavering. And the Bible says, let not that man think he receive anything of the Lord. For a double-minded man is not just always unstable in his faith. You're unstable in all your ways, the Bible says. <coughs> Excuse me. Did you get that? Now, Romans 4. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Bible says in verse 16. Mm, let me see here. Let me go Romans 16. And Romans 4, I'm sorry. Verse 16. Therefore, let's see if we see uh, 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 a trend here. Therefore, it is of faith 
that it might be by grace to the end, to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. It says, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I made thee the father of many nations before him whom, whom he believed. You get that? Even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. A lot of us running around trying to call something that be not as though they were. You don't even believe it yet. And the Bible says God called those things to be not as though they were. Can you? Not if you don't believe. And I understand there's a lot of debate about that. We don't have the ability to call those things to be not as though they were. But the Bible says this, let the weak say I'm strong. He's trying to get you to agree with him. He's trying to get you to say what you want, not what you have. Why? Because Proverbs 6, 2 says, thou art snared by the words of thy mouth, and by the words of thy mouth thou art taken. So you can keep talking about what you have, and that's why you still have it. Proverbs 18 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and he that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So there's a lot of debate about we having the ability to call those things which be not as though they were. Where the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, when you was a sinner, the Bible says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I will submit to you. You wasn't saved before you did that. So I'm not going to argue with you about that because you can agree that you can never call those things that be not as though they were and you will never see those things manifest. So I don't believe in healing. You, you won't walk in it. I don't believe in prosperity. You'll never see it. I don't believe in heaven on earth. You will never see it. So you not believing doesn't change anybody else's outcome. But let's move on. The Bible says, look in verse 18, who against hope, he believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. That was in the storehouse. It was already spoken. God had already given it to him. Are you listening? And the Bible says, so shall I see be. And verse 19 says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, which was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory unto God and being fully persuaded that he was able to perform that, uh, let me go back, and being fully persuaded he, he uh, that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was imputed or counted to him for righteousness. Now uh, it is not written for his sake alone that it was imputed unto him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him. Are you getting this? Now, I'm going to say a few things about these scriptures that we read, and I'm just going to, uh, uh, we're going to close right now. Verse 16, it says that it is faith and the promise is sure to all the seed. So in other words, God hath given. He's not going to erase what he's already given. The promise is sure to all the seed. You do have entitlement to it. Verse 18 says against hope, he believed in hope. 
There is a natural hope. There is a hope that is derived by the word of God. It will always supersede natural hope. It will always take you beyond hope that's in the natural. Are you listening? Now, and move on. Verse 19, uh, he said that he considered not his own body, not dead, now, now dead, or the deadness of Sarah's womb, or now old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Listen to this. By faith, you must uh, not consider the natural to the degree. Now, you always got to consider the natural to a degree. But when it crosses that degree that causes you to disobey faith, now you got a problem, Houston, when you disobey faith. Because faith is going to tell you something that's not going to make sense to the natural. And if you can't believe in something before you see it, you will never see it. How many of you going to heaven? You haven't seen it. That's what's going to cause you to go. Believe in it not acknowledging it. There's a lot of people that think they believe that they're going to heaven. They only acknowledge that heaven exists. You better check that out too. Now, the Bible says that about unbelief. This is uh, verse, verse 20. The Bible says, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory unto God. Listen, this is going to deliver some of you right now. Doubt. Doubt may be in your head, but unbelief comes in your heart. Doubt might be in your head. And doubt will not affect you as long as it's in your head until it turns and is converted to unbelief and it gets in your heart. See, the Bible calls, when unbelief gets in your heart, the Bible calls it uh, 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 evil. The Bible says in uh, Hebrews 3 and 12, it says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. An evil heart of unbelief. An evil heart will cause you to depart from the living God. If you are not living by faith, if you are not believing God anymore, if you don't trust God like you used to, if you don't have the passion that you had, you have developed an evil heart because you have departed from the living God. And so you're not going to get anything. Your prayer life is going to be dull. It's going to be uh, not effective. You're not going to see much in this life. And that is a good indication that you have departed when you cease to see any manifestations. You're just hanging along for the ride. You're just in the body of Christ saying, Jesus, come back. I don't want to go to hell, but I'm not going to take a benefit of nothing you've given me. Anything in that storehouse is not going to pertain to me because I'm not going to do what it takes to get it. I just don't want to go to hell. It's a lot of people like that. Now, verse 21 say he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform it. Why was he fully persuaded? The Bible said he was almost 100 years old. But the Bible says when God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, he was 99. Look how long he kept hearing father of a multitude, father of a multitude, father at least nine months. Because that's when he became the father of Isaac. He had to hear this at least nine months. How long have you believed, read the scriptures on what you're believing for? 
Sometimes we go in there and read the scripture and close the book up and say, well, now, Lord, do your part. Do your part. The Lord said, look, you read the scripture. You have you acknowledge that it was true. He, he said, but you don't really you ain't persuaded. You don't believe this because if you did, you wouldn't be doing what you do now or you would be doing something different than what you do now. See, your actions sell you out. Your actions are a snitch. They will tell whether you really believe what you say you believe. You can't tell me that you're acting like the devil. You are separated from God, but you believe the word of God. You can't tell me. that. Well, yes, you can. You can tell me that. But no one believes that, even you. Your actions, look at somebody and tell them your actions are a snitch. Because if you are loving on people and you are giving and you are serving people, then your actions have dimed you out and say, this is a servant of the most high God. They believe what God has said and they believe that God is going to reward them for what they're doing. Your actions are a snitch. That will preach by itself. You know, a snitch is one who look like they with you, but they'll go and tell on you and they'll tell something contrary to what you are showing. You try to hang out with somebody, man, just to get in good with them. But yet the snitch will say, no, they're on the other side. Your actions are a snitch. Okay, here we go. We're closing. The Bible says that it was uh, it was not written for him alone, but for us if we believe on him. Listen, it was written for us if we believe. So I'm closing with this. Walking in faith is not a gimmick. It is a process. Let's stop trying to just go in the Bible and con God and just, you, you know, I'm going to just grab this scripture right here and I'm going to make God feel like I believe because I said it. God, you know, Bishop Hatch says this all the time. God is not going to reward you because you did something right one time. He's going to reward you because you have made it a lifestyle. What have you made a lifestyle? Have you made departing from the living God your lifestyle? Have you made obeying the word of God when you don't want to your lifestyle? Your actions are a snitch. They're going to tell whether you believe God or whether you don't believe God. Say what you want to say. But they are going to dime you out. So listen, as you know, we are not done with this. And this is to be continued. So if you are out here right now, pray for this ministry. Partner with us. What do you believe? Oh, you show a blessing. You're so a blessing. Listen. Listen. Well, why don't you pray for us if we are that much of a blessing? Unless you want to go through life never giving but just receiving. Pray for us. Partner with us. Hang out with us. Come, be a part of the service. Cause the ministry to grow. If you're already in the ministry, are you are you laboring to build and advance the kingdom? Or have you reduced 
total restoration to just the church. Listen, this is God's kingdom movement. God called you to advance the kingdom. And if you are not advancing the kingdom and all you see is the church, your actions are a snitch. It's time for us to step up and be who we say we are. It's time for us to step up and operate in the word of God. So if this word has been a blessing to you. I want you to join us again on Tuesday so we can go back into understanding the process of faith because if you're going to live by faith, you're going to need to know how to operate in it. So until Tuesday, if Jesus tarry, we live and our health and strength continues. Whatever you do, whenever you do, do it and however long you choose to do it, make sure that you believe really what you're doing so you can. <laughs> Keep it real.